Hey, what's up, Anchor Mates? This is Brian Bass, and this is Midnight Coffee Hour. Today with us, we got uh, Tanner Beal, who was part of the uh, Elite 2 that started this, which is badass. Actually, we had three at the beginning, but anyway, what's up, Tanner? That's what the kids are calling these days, right? Yeah. We, uh, so actually, we, we recorded about 30 minutes of this podcast, and... Uh, we were having some technical difficulties, and uh, we ended up getting cut out. Um, Did you, but, like, nervous or something? I don't know what happened. No, see, I don't I, – I wasn't able to hear you. And so I had – I went ahead and made a speech saying, like, hey, I can't hear you guys, but, you know, hope, hope all is well. I'm clocking off. Um, but we talked about a lot of subjects, one of which was sports and kind of uh, the investment side and just – Go on about that if you don't mind. The money side of sports where NFL players are making $100 million plus, like, that's, that's just crazy to me. Because you're making that much money. Yeah. Playing, I'm not trying to make a joke out of it. You're playing with a ball. So it's basically a kid's game. Now, I mean, these sports are, like, uh, aggressive sports, though. Like, there is... People break bones, people, you know, mess up their back and, you know, take decades off their life. But, um, I mean, it is just having fun and getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars. I do understand that. But I have you ever been to an NFL game? I've been to a Rams game when I was when I was like 10 or 11. Do you remember much of it? Not a whole lot. Uh, I do remember the cheerleaders because we sat in the very front row. <laughs> Well, nowadays, when you go to a game, there's only about 15 total minutes of action, and the rest of it is just players standing around. Really? Because, you know, know, there's one play that goes, and then, you know, it's like five seconds of action. Right. It's like all dead, and everybody's standing around. Five more seconds of action. Standing around. And when they go to the commercial breaks on TV, everybody's just standing around. That's all it is. <laughs> so, it's fun to go to, but there's just a lot of standing around with the players out there. It, it, it's a great experience, but you know... There's a lot of concession moments? Pretty much. A lot of time to... Well, actually, don't the... Um... It might have just been that way when I went, but don't they have people that walk around with concessions? Yeah, they have beer vendors and yeah, yeah. And hot dog. Well, that's more baseball, but gotcha. <clears throat> but yeah, they're getting paid a lot of money, and uh, we definitely chose the wrong paths. We really did. It kind of <laughs> but I'm, um, you know, as I mentioned in the the podcast that didn't get published, um, I'm sure that they. They had very, you know, obviously supportive parents, and <clears throat> maybe it was their dream to do that, and they knew early early on that they didn't really want to do uh, an ap- academic career. They wanted to do more of a sports, and yeah. uh, maybe their parents found out who they need to contact or what steps they need to take. So, I wish my parents would have helped me out. And, you know, it is what it is. We are handed what we're handed, and we make the best of it. Exactly. Um. Yeah, you were telling me about uh, 
a few players. There was one that signed a four-year contract and then one that signed a seven-year. Who uh, who uh, are they again? Okay, so Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, right? A four-year, one hundred sixty-four million dollars contract extension. Jeez. One hundred and three million guaranteed. But the other sixty-one million will come in bonuses. Gotcha. So, like, if he does well, or if the team does well. Team does well if he breaks the record. <coughs> if he meets all of his goals. If the team wins the Super Bowl. If the team makes the playoffs. Anything like that. So. Gotcha. Still, one hundred and three million dollars guaranteed for a four-year uh, fun trip. Or, or you could just be hanging on the bleachers. Yeah, and he's. Let's see. I'm actually gonna look this up real quick. Sure. Hey, uh, Tanner, you got you're doing something with your phone. It's pretty loud. <laughs> uh, side note, though, while he's doing that, there he also mentioned a uh, a player that signed a seven year contract and. Uh, I think it was $160 million, right? Yeah, it's uh, Chris Davis. He plays baseball. He plays for the Baltimore Orioles. And back in two or three years ago, he signed a seven-year, hundred-some-odd-million-dollar contract. And before he signed his contract, he was one of the best hitters in the league, Pitchers did not want to face him. He, you know, he 50, 60, 100 a year. He was a really good first baseman. And now he's arguably one of the worst players in the league. <laughs> Maybe he's uh, coming up on retirement. I mean, shoot, I'd do it for $100 million. I'd retire. Well, all the money that they're giving him is guaranteed. So he At could be tomorrow yeah. and he'd still get paid. Every single year, right? If you think about that, it's super smart. Yeah, if you can just do well enough to get signed, you don't really have to. You don't have to shine your shoes, and you don't have to hit every ball. It, it'd be pretty sweet. Not gonna lie. Do I hear rain? Well, I was hoping that wouldn't be heard because this is supposed to be a noise canceling uh, device. But there is some cars. Some traffic on the road. You're hearing tires on pavement. I'm uh, I'm actually sitting on my porch, um, getting some fresh air. Is there a lot of traffic? Yeah, there's a lot of traffic. Is it bad? It's not bad. It's, it, I feel rain. Oh, and it, it's soothing because down here in Fort Smith, from where we're at, you know, we keep getting chances of rain, and we never get it. It's uh, so because I want to enjoy rain. I have yeah, you're, you're saying the humidity is pretty much like rain, so you ought to be getting the rain, sounds like. Mm. Okay, yeah, the humidity is at 125%, so you step outside and you instantly are drinking sweat, and it sucks. Hey, but you know what? You doing a construction job, you being outside and doing what you're doing, you're... Uh, I mean, you're definitely losing some water weight, if not more. So. Oh, yep, yep. You just got to fight to stay hydrated. Still, uh... <laughs> and uh, not smelly. <laughs> Whenever I started this job back in May, 
I was at the heaviest I've ever been in my life. Where you at? I was kind of ashamed of where I was. I've only told one person this. But I was at a whopping 305 pounds. No shit. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I definitely didn't see 300 pounds when I saw you last. No. Now I am down to 255. Wow, that's only been a couple months. Mm-hmm. Jeez, you lost a lot. And, yeah, I worked my ass off. Yeah. I bet you feel a little better, too. Most it'll get it'll, it'll come it'll come yeah it's just right now i'm just pretty you know long days work time because we're on the road basically living in hotel rooms and kind of sucks gotcha i mean the, the hotel rooms are paid for though and it sounded like it was pretty awesome when when you started uh as far as like getting travel see places you know having some nights off being able to enjoy the town a little bit Oh, yeah, yeah. See, that, that's great. It's, you know, it's just because it's, you know, nearing down summer. I didn't really get to do a whole lot, like, summer trips, you know? Yeah. Even There's though a, I was well, gone every, every week. Right. And you guys got a lot of projects on you right now. Oh, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> Bringing out the California accent uh-huh. there. I said you brought out the California there. For a little bit. Oh. Gnarly. Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah, the, the hotels are paid for and everything. I mean, the last three weeks we stayed in a Doubletree hotel, which that's pretty nice. Yeah. The only downfall about this hotel is we don't have a microwave or a refrigerator in our room. Have you been in the same place for three weeks? Yeah, I've been in the same hotel for three weeks. I mean, we get to go every Friday. So. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer, though. You're getting yeah. kind of bored, stuck in the same place. Well, we've been here, let's see, we first came here at the, wow, oh, when did we come here? We came here in the middle of, at the end of June. We were here for, I was here for three weeks. And then I went to Oklahoma for three weeks. Cool. Were you guys at near Broken Arrow or uh, Tulsa? We were about 25 minutes from Oklahoma City. We were 25 minutes north of Oklahoma City. Nice. Then uh, after that job, we had one day in Tulsa. Wow. All over the place. Sounds like an adventure and a lot of work. It is. It, it really is. Now, I, I love the, you know, I love traveling and everything, but it sucks not being home because I can't take a, care of everything that's going on at home. Right. Can't it's be not, there for the lady. Exactly. It's As a lot, much. It's a lot of, not necessarily lonely nights because, you know, I do like my personal space. But then again, I sleep the best when I'm at home. I got you. Well, um, shoot, what was another topic we talked about? Well, there was, you're asking how Missouri was because you haven't been there in a while. 
there was a shooting done by an elderly gentleman. Um, not shooting. There was a robbery. My bad. Um, a bomb threat. Er- yeah, well, so earlier this week, uh, and I'll just run through it again because they probably don't know about it. Um, there was a gentleman who was described to be in his late 70s, came into a bank um, and let them know, like, hey, I have two two bombs, one indoors and one outdoors that I've planted. Um, give me all your money. Anyway, he got he got the money and he left, and they went ahead and contacted the authorities. The authorities have detained him, but uh, before that, they, they went ahead and they uh, safely um, – I don't know what the, the correct word is, but they safely blew up the – explosives that um indeed were there and they're were, they're were real bombs too so i uh, did that and the guy ended up getting detained but he uh he's actually in his 50s so i'm guessing that maybe drugs or something like that but he didn't age well um you know, and, and i'm guessing that that retirement didn't pay very well either <laughs> so it, i don't know that story was just crazy yeah like what would push you to rob a bank? Uh, terminal, terminal cancer, or uh, some sort of terminal illness. Like, hey, you know, you're um, you only got like a year left to live. I'd be like, okay, well, fuck it. I, I'm, you know, I'm not too worried about prison. I've worked there, and it's not too bad. And I know that uh, since I'm a previous corrections officer, I would have um. Not special privileges, but I would have a single cell, so I wouldn't have to deal with other people, and I would just be able to chill there on my own uh, for however long my sentence is. But, uh, yeah, I think that's when I would say, screw it. Like, I want to be rich for a little while. <laughs> okay. So, I'm going to throw a hypothetical situation at you. Okay. Okay, so you're terminally ill. You have one year to You have one year left. Gotcha. Uh, you're going to croak out. Yeah. So, what would you do in that one year? You you can do anything you could ever dream of. Well, I mean, like I said, I'd probably, I, I probably wouldn't. But in this case, if I, I don't know, if, if I was drawn to it, I would rob a bank. But it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be somewhere like the the robbery that happened here because uh, it's a small bank. Small banks don't have money. Uh, yeah, they don't have a safe. You like, need to go to, you know, a bigger city like Kansas City or St. Louis or you know, uh, New York, et cetera. Um, if you're really wanting to make money off of that. Um, I don't know. I think that all honesty, I would probably stray away from doing crazy stuff like that and getting a bad name behind me. I um, to say that you would have no repercussions. You can get away with anything in that year span. What would you do? Well, I would, uh, I would go ahead and spend my imaginary money since I can do anything. Um, and uh, I would travel. I would meet new cultures and stuff like that. And kind of uh, probably, re- probably record some podcasts doing that um, just for the hell of it and uh, share my experience. And um, I don't know. I would, I would get myself a nice car and I would, uh, I would just meet people and, and learn about them and learn about stuff that I haven't already learned about, seeing that I only have a year to do so, and I'd I'd like to get in contact with some of the people that I look up to, so that'd be cool. I'd pretty much do the same thing, except 
outdo every single life experience that you could ever imagine in that year's fan. Yeah. Have you seen Bucket List? That's a good movie with Morgan Freeman and uh, Jack Nicholson. That movie is so sad. I mean, yeah, it has sad points. People die. But, um, I mean, that's ideally what happened. They both were terminal, and or at least they were told they were terminal. And they went ahead and did all these crazy things, you know, did some scuba diving, did some jumping from a plane, uh, et cetera, just balls to the wall. I would go to like Shanghai. I'd go to China. I'd go to Russia. I'd go to Germany. I'd go to Singapore. I'd go. I'd go all over the world. I'd I'd go meet people. You know. I would do drugs. I would never think of doing except meth or heroin. Nothing like too strange. But (laughs) no, I would want to do a a mushroom trip. Vietnam or something. I'll be crazy. I got you. So, did you hear about the shooting in Jacksonville? Jacksonville, Florida? Yeah. Um, so, I only know a little bit. I, I, if that's, is that the GameCon one? Yeah. Yeah, so from what I heard was there was a a guy who was playing at, I think it was like Magic the Gathering or Pokemon or something like that, and he was playing in a minor league, and he had this ego about him that he deserved to be, you know, top tier playing with just the best in the world, and he just didn't have that track record, and so he lost his shit. What happened was he was playing uh, Magic football, and he thought he deserved to be playing the top the top, he thought he deserved to be one of the best in the world. Well, he got exposed. He was not very good. He can't. <laughs> he went. He got beat. And I guess he left. Like, went out to his car, grabbed a gun, came back in, and killed like four people and injured 11 more. So. I, was I, he detained or did he get uh, killed? He killed himself. Oh. Wow. And the thing is... You gotta swallow your pride sometimes, you know? You can't just I, fuck the world and kill everybody and kill yourself because you didn't win a game. See, that's, <laughs> that's the way I was thinking. Like, you know, I play Madden. I think I'm good. I talk a lot of tech. But I completely stop. You know, I've thrown controllers. I've... I've you know... You can be humble about it. You can accept that you're not the best, but you still enjoy it, you know? Exactly. I'm not going to lose a game to go on a rampage. Uh, you're definitely not going to kill yourself after a bad loss. No. I'm going to say, screw you, rematch. If I, <laughs> maybe if I bet somebody like $10 million, <laughs> then maybe. Yeah. But still, like, now I know the the mainstream media is going to be coming after video games, saying, oh, they're too violent, blah, blah, blah. They're going to, you know, they cause this mass shooting. Yeah. But this was over a football game. So how can a football game be too violent to where, you know, how is that going to be the cause of it? You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I see two sides to the whole uh, video games cause violence. Um, for me, number one, no, not really. 
I think violent people do violent things. Mm-hmm. Um, like some some people can't handle games, can't handle the loss, and those people probably shouldn't play games. The other people, you know, play, lose. You know, it is what it is. I'll be on tomorrow. You know, um, I think that I don't think that they're related. Um, however, on the flip side, just to be open-minded about it, if you were, you know, a, a, a young child and you had lots of um, lots of stressors in the day from school or your parents or maybe you're from a, a broken, you know, lifestyle, uh, if that was your way that you relieved your stress because it was the only way is to go on Call of Duty and, like, you know, blow some brains out, um, you might accidentally, you know, kind of groom yourself to that. Like, this is this is what I do. This is how I... This is how I overcome my stress. This is how I get past it all. I, I go on the game and I do this. And so if there maybe came a point and 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 I'm using kids because kids are kids are more fragile and they can well, you know that shit happens. But if they had like a, a bad breakup or if a uh, you know death in the family that was close to them or something like that, they might uh they might not get enough from the video game and need to feel feel the need to to do that in real life and it just doesn't work out the same way, you know. But I kind of see it as it stems from the everybody deserves participation trophy. That's yeah. kind of how I see where it stems from. Because, okay, everybody's a winner. That way, kids can't handle losing. But I, I've been a loser in so many things. It's not fun. Like, so you're saying you think that's a problem that, that everybody gets kind of given that trophy and so like they aren't prepared to lose they aren't prepared to not be a winner for once yes gotcha Sore losers that's what they are like, yeah something like I learned growing up that's like baseball you can't win every single game you can't go out there and you know dominate every single time you know, you're not always a winner yeah what kids see nowadays is, oh, you're a winner, you did so good, blah, blah, blah. The second that somebody says, you lost, you didn't do well, blah, 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 they're going to blow up and that they were that good. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I see. That's, that's my side of it. And I see your side as well. It's the, yeah, I get your perspective. I do, and I've I've heard it before. Um, It's just like, yeah, loss is a real thing, you know? Failure is a real thing. Uh, An unsuccessful person just stacks their failures on their shoulders and just plays them down and then loses their mind or or just quits out. But a successful person takes those fails as uh, learning experiences, as like a learning curve, creates, you know, steps towards their future and like, okay, I didn't perform well this game, so therefore what I need to do is I need to look at the people who are doing well and figure out what they do. If they end up, if they, you know, if they train for six more hours a week than I do, well, that's what I need to do. I need to, you need, you know what I mean? you got to prepare more for the next game, and, you know, clearly you're going to do better. So you yeah. just got to, I don't know. I, I don't know why I'm trying to give advice, but I'm just saying for those people who can't handle losses, it's just it's, they need to have a little bit of a shift in their thinking to like, hey, I lost because I didn't train hard enough. I'm going to train harder. Like, be persistent, you know, and, and, and want, want that success and, and not just expect it. Yeah, the only way you can succeed is if you fail. 
That's the only way you can do it. Or if you just win the lottery on accident. <laughs> well, how many times do you have to play the lottery to win? Well, uh, embarrassing story. From 2016 to 2017, every single day when there was a lottery for the uh, Missouri lottery, a Powerball or a Mega Millions or a Lucky for Life, I bought one ticket, just one ticket, you know, but I probably spent a couple hundred dollars, you know, each year. Um, and it was just to open that door. I wasn't going to buy 30 tickets and expect that that would win or try to challenge the odds. I just created that opportunity like, hey, if I am going to win the lottery, I got to buy a ticket. Here's my one ticket. Hope it works. If not, I'm not going to get beat up about it. I never won. Or if I did, it was like 10 bucks. Last week, uh, me, Derek, and you guys, we all went out to uh, a casino that's right across the bridge in Oklahoma. Okay. And, uh, no, we went there. There's a lot of bridges in Oklahoma, but I got you. Well, it's right across the border, so. From? Uh, Arkansas. Oh, okay, okay. This is right there on the border. We're literally like a mile from Oklahoma. Gotcha. But anyway, we went to the casino because, you know, my thought was, okay, they have a buffet. I mean, I <laughs> that buffet is pretty good, so let's yeah. First off, the buffet is pretty damn good. It has some of the best captains I've ever had. And some really good enchiladas. Anyway, back to the moment. So, uh, you know, we were at the casino. We okay. All right, let's do, let's do a little bit of gambling. I told myself, hey, I'm only going to play $10. Once that's gone, it's gone. Man, they had, they had tables that small where you could only do 10 bucks. Well, it was mainly slot machines. They only had like... Oh, ooh, can I give some advice, man? You always lose in the slots. Just hold on. Okay, I'll hold on. But I, I, do, have, I do have lottery tips. but Or not lottery, but gambling yeah. tips. Go ahead. So I told myself, I told Derek... I told the guy, hey, you know, I'm only going to spend 10 bucks. You know, it's my first time ever. Once it's gone, it's gone. So I play one machine. I put, I think, $2 in. Yeah. I lost it in like 20 seconds. Yep. I was like, okay, okay, whatever. I kind of expected that. As soon as I was walking around, and then I go to this another machine. I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to put five bucks in to have. So I play the five, and I'm like, I win, I think, 50 cents my first spin. And I won, like, two more times, like 20 cents each, and I started losing. I got down to $2.43. And I hit the multiplier four times in a row. I got up to $17. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> and I started to chase that dragon, and I lost it all in the next five minutes. Yep. It happens, man. You get that little, that small high. That's what they get you to, okay, now I have $17. I could leave and know that I made 7 bucks, or I could keep playing with a larger amount and, and keep going. You know, like it's just, in your head, you're like, it's just going to keep working, and I'm just going to make, you know, a millions. So, <clears> at this point, I'm done. So, yeah. find the new guy. <clears throat> New guy always wins. Go ahead. We've been there. We've been, you know, gambling for about 45 minutes at this point. 
Yeah. So if you look at the new guys, like, so how much are you down? Take a guess how much he lost. Oh, shoot. How much? Uh, 50, 50 bucks. No, $140. In oh, my gosh. In 25 minutes. Well, there goes his groceries. So then we were looking for Derek because he disappeared because he, he, he has a really good way of doing that sometimes. So we yeah. were walking around looking for him. So we found him at a machine. Guess yep. how much it was up? Hundred bucks. No, not that much. Forty bucks. Yep. Wow. He only put in a dollar, and he hit like the multiplier like eight times in a row, and he got up to forty dollars in cash back. Okay, did he leave with money or did he blow it? He he broke even. Huh? He broke even. What do you mean? Oh, he oh he ended up leaving with how much he came yep. in with a dollar. Forty dollars in, and he came out with forty dollars. Nice. <laughs> my first gambling experience, and I wish I knew. I wish those slots had some kind of trick to them. They don't. Um, so here's here's my my advice, real quick, <clears throat> on gambling. I've been gambling a few times, and I've I've learned from people that I gambled with, or people that I you know sat at the tables with. Um, where I gambled was the one near Moberly in Missouri. Um, and that one's kind of crappy. Has cheap tables though. And the other place I played was MGM, and that's in um, Washington D.C. It's like the national. Um, it's like the big place to go, besides Vegas. Um, <clears throat> and the tables there, you had to have uh, fifty bucks to sit down, not to play, but just to sit down at a table. You had fifty dollars, and the high the high stakes tables you needed a thousand dollars to sit down at. So, um, what I learned, that was pretty solid advice, and it's pretty successful. You, you definitely don't leave losing that much, uh, and, and, or you leave gaining a whole lot. So, what you do is you go to, like, a blackjack table. Those have way better odds. Uh, you know, you're playing 21, and, I mean, obviously, you play the dealer rules. So, after 17, you stay, or, or you, you know, you go for it if you're ballsy yeah. um and uh yeah so there's that and then secondary advice that's probably more valuable is separate like cut your your pot in half so if you come in and you bought you know a stack of chips for fifty dollars you got fifty dollars worth of coins right there um split it in half 25 25 so you're playing with you're only playing with one hand or with a, with one stack and the other stack is like your reserve like it's your untouchables you're not going to touch it that's that. So the very worst case scenario, you leave with half your money um, that you brought. In the best case scenario, you know, you play that 25 and you end up winning, you know, 50. Well, you split that 25-25. So now you're playing with 50 and you have 50 in that <clears throat> kind of reserve. You know what I mean? It just keeps going like that. So no matter what, even if you lose your main stack, you have this reserve stack that has been growing uh, and not dwindling because it can't because you can't touch it. Um, and so, yeah, you, I mean, that's a solid way to leave uh, on a good note. Yeah, sounds like we need to go to the casino <laughs> so somebody can stop me from spending it. Yeah, whenever, you, uh, whenever you're in town, man, I'm, I'm game to do that. <clears throat> and I'm game to sit down and do podcasts uh, at the same table, you know? Hell yeah. 
Um, shoot, I feel like there was another topic we talked about. Uh, okay, yeah. So, still dealing with investments. You were asking about uh, the book stuff, I think. Yeah, how you're uh, only 24. You've already published seven plus books. You're right. Yeah, because we we got on that because we're talking about how like you know there's these 21, 22 year olds who have signed these contracts with NFL or baseball and they've got a hundred you know million dollars headed their way locked in and how like shit how how they do it and how come I'm not doing it right um so you asked me this was on the unpublished uh, podcast how how to write a book and then kind of what the what the returns were for me on that so as fast as I can I'm going to tell you how to write a book um, which I've already told you before but for the listeners and then I will also disclose my profits from that. So to write a book, you have to have an idea, and you have to have uh, a lot of a lot of thoughts on the idea. So you write your idea down on a uh, spiral notebook, and then you start an outline just as you would in middle school or high school, and you just write down all the bullet points, all the things that you really want to mention in that book that, that are pretty important or you know if it's a fiction maybe some events that happen timeline and then from there you know you just kind of create a uh like a spider web or a, a more detailed outline so you're like you know this chapter is going to be about this okay well what happens during that and then you write down more bullets on okay well you know he bought this car what kind of car was it it was a lamborghini okay how much did it cost boom you know what happened during that day you know you, you get into the details but you write that all down on the outline and so then you know you'll probably have half a spiral notebook full of ideas and you know things that should happen in this book that you're going to write and then you reorganize it right get it into a, in a a better a better flowing thing you know what i mean like a better outline that makes sense yeah and it's not kind of all over the place um you create a story or you, or if you're a nonfiction writer you create content that flows and and uh, it's not if it's new content, uh, you can explain it. And it's not like where'd this come from? You know, like this wasn't mentioned before, right? So for me, I was writing on investments, and I kind of went from beginner to advanced uh, in that order on uh, the knowledge that I gave, um, <clears throat> just so that people wouldn't be like, "Whoa, I'm reading German," <laughs> you know? So, um, well, you know, no offense to the German readers, but. Uh, Anyway, you get what I'm saying. I get the gist. I get the gist. Um, yeah, so you do that. You get it all, all your ideas written out. And then uh, you just start typing. You just get it all out of your head, off the spiral notebook, onto uh, a Word document or, you know, whatever you have. Um, you know, whether you have, like, the Google. Anyway, you get what I'm saying. You yeah. do that. And however long that takes, you get all your information out there. Once you're content with it, you then revise it and edit it. You do a spelling grammar check, etc. cetera. Um, and that's half the battle. Um, the second battle comes in uh, with uh, formatting and making sure that it looks good when it's printed off and, and whatnot. And what sucks is that depending on, and this is only sucky for those who self-publish because um, obviously, if you pay for a publisher, they'll handle all this nonsense for you. But I'm more of a ROI type of guy, return on investment. I like to like 
put the most minimal amount of funds and effort into something and get the most rewards because who doesn't want that? So um, for the self-publisher crowd that's listening, um, half the battle is formatting. So I, you know, I had multiple platforms that I uh, was putting the content out on and for each platform you had to format it a different way, you know, to make sure that, or in a specific way for them so that your words look good on paper. Um, And that takes quite a while. But once you're done with that, you can uh, you can go to these these places that you want to publish your books through. <clears throat> Google how to publish them, or uh, you know go to their page and usually they have a you know are you a writer little tab or whatnot and you just boop and you go through those steps. Um, that's the briefest way that I can put writing a book. Um, as far as the finances that has come from it for me, um, you know I have. I have all the knowledge I need as far as, um, you know, publishing the content and uh, promoting it and getting traffic and all that. I just don't, I don't apply myself with my own stuff, which is the most stupid, embarrassing thing about me is like, I've, I've read, you know, I've read the books that tell me what I need to do. I've got it all written down or, you know, saved in my, my brain and I'm just not applying myself. Because I am a, uh, I'm a miser, man. I don't like to spend money. Um, and so, yeah, as far as financials, uh, day one, I bought 30 books myself. And then I had a few people buy books as well. Um, and so in doing that, that's a little, little secret there. <clears throat> it makes you look good. And so I ended up getting a number one new release on that day. I think it was in July or August of 2017. And, uh, Anyway, looks good. It's credible. And that's actually the whole reason I was writing the book is so that I would look good um, because I really wanted to teach it. Um, and I'll go into that in a second. But uh, as far as money's concerned, I, I don't really know when books sell. It's kind of behind me. I, I did write quite a few uh, things and I just haven't kept up with it. And that's just not really what I'm into anymore. But, um, you know, when I get an email from Amazon, usually like once a month or every couple of months, letting me know that however many books have sold and what my commission is. Um, the commission rate uh, for Amazon and for Kindle is 30%. So if you have a book for like $30, which that's pretty expensive of a book, you would get $10 of that. Uh, that's your royalties. And uh, that's kind of the same thing for like uh, Barnes & Noble, et cetera, except for it's 15%. And that's really a perk of self-publishing because um, those who publish usually have to give a commission to their publishers. Um, and so they normally get like five to 10% commissions. Um, but again, if you're selling millions of copies because you're a New York Times bestseller, not only do you have that title behind you for life and you have the credibility there and people you know, know about you, um, but obviously you're going to get paid quite a bit, even if it is only five or 10%. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's my just on that. I real quick, I so the book, real quick shout out since I'm talking about how I don't apply myself and uh, I don't try to promote myself. Here's a promotion just because I feel guilty. Uh, if you're interested at all in investment or money management, um, the book or title is called book. What's up? 
or to even have a book that was written and published by Brian Bass. Right. <laughs> the uh, Coffee Hour. Go exactly. Midnight Coffee Hour. The, the title of the book is Trade Smart, colon, a long slash, forward slash, short guide to financial independence. Kind of a long name, but um, it's, it's, a, it's a pun. If you've, if you've been in investing already, you'll get it. If you read the book, you'll get it. It's a funny title. I like it. Um, that's that. But I, I wrote that book actually so that I would have a name and some, some sort of credibility uh, because I wanted to teach. And so uh, the following fall at Columbia Area Career Center in Columbia, Missouri, it's an adult education type of thing. It's kind of like a college. Um, I taught a class full of, you know, 50 and 60 year olds, uh, two courses. One is master money management. And then the other one is, uh, stock market made easy, but I made, I made a couple grand and, uh, it was a nice way to make a lot of money in a month, but it took a long time writing curriculum and that's for some other podcasts, but that's that overwhelmed. Here we are. You know, maybe we should write. A midnight coffee hour book we could um we could write a book on uh podcasting and our experience with it and uh hopefully if we get you know a better traction with it or we get a better idea of what we're doing uh we could offer that same service to newcomers and help them if they want to start podcasting as well we should do that and then also have an audiobook version of it yeah that would be pretty sweet. You could do the you could do the speaking for the audiobook. <laughs> I'm all talked out. That's all you, man. Um, but yeah, so that's that. I, what was uh? There's some other thing that that we were briefly starting to talk about right before we cut off. And it uh, might have been the shooting, but I think that there was something else you want to talk about as well. I think it was the shooting. Gotcha. But yeah, so. I don't even know what episode you're at. I think you're at like 41 or not 41, like 90 something. Yeah, this should be in the 90s. But we're getting close to that 100 mark if we're not already there. What I want to do is I want to start, I want to pick this back up. You know, it's going to be primarily on Anchor because. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So dumb old me thought that. Our episodes were automatically from Anchor, which you just said is now a uh, it's now a source that can funnel to the other avenues. Yeah, I thought that it was automatically already going on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play and such. But uh, unfortunately, all of our all of our podcasts, you know, all ninety some odd podcasts have been pushed into the Anchor audience, um, which is hellishly small in comparison to those people who own an iPhone. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. anybody who has an iPhone has, uh, you know, Apple Play or the... Uh, Apple Podcast. Yeah, they have the podcasts and, and they, have, they have iTunes and they probably have Spotify because who doesn't have Spotify? Um, but Anchor is a, it's a very quiet audience. Like, not a whole lot of people know about it, but I really like Anchor. It's easy to record on. And it's it's good. Anyway. So what we need to do is we need to try to get we need to have Anchor be our hosting site basically. Right. Drop Pippa. Uh another reason why Drop Pippa we were kinda of getting screwed over with them. Um 
I mean, I didn't really trust it at the beginning because I'd never heard of it, but I just wanted to start with you. I just wanted to get the podcast going. Yeah. I'm, they got to start it going, but it costs more to put it on there than, you know, what we what essentially made, you know, because there is money in podcasts, but through Pippa. You have know, we made any money in podcasting? Not yet. I don't think that we have gotten to the. I don't think we've reached out to anybody yet for a sponsorship, so I don't think that we have any income yet. I reached out to a few, but we had to have a hell of a lot more views, or whatever you want to call it. Like Blue Apron and other companies like that? Yeah, like Blue Apron and SeatGeek and and Forehands and all that stuff. So, yeah, what I want to do is through Anchor, you know, have them be our, you know, host site. It's already for you, you know. Look, we've already done 45 minutes. So, podcast the last time. This is going to be a hard one for everybody to listen through, but if you do, fucking you rock. Thank you for listening. Yeah, you heard me curse. It doesn't happen often on podcasts. But uh, thank you for listening this far. Let's continue. My bad. And I got to admit, I have kept my curses to a minimum, (laughs) which is a first for me. But anyway, yeah, so I want to pick this back up. you guys are going to start being on Anchor a lot more. Once we get things going on this, we are going to push it back onto iTunes. I'm going to do some digging this weekend to see what I can do to get it on there. So, yeah, we should be back in business. Heck, yeah. Don't forget to uh, show some love to uh, your lady at home, though, while you're home this weekend. Oh, I, I, yes, that's going to be my main priority because this week's been very long. I feel you. Actually, I, I, I really don't, but I, I've i been there before, and I know I know how you feel. Exactly. Well, yeah. It's a midnight coffee hour episode. Somewhere in the 90s. I'll figure it out. Somewhere. We'll figure it out. Hey, let's, let's, let's create a title right here on the air. Uh, the forces reunite. Man, I don't know. Like, we got to think of something more creative, but... Uh, Anyway, back in the saddle again. Yeah, back in the saddle again. That's a good one. That's what it's going to be. Uh, if you guys are listening, as always, thank you for listening. Don't be afraid to share it with some friends or make them listen to it. It's a good way to, you know, make your commute shorter and, and really hear other people's perspectives on things. Um, yeah, you all are beautiful. If it's morning where you are or you are, I hope you have an excellent rest of the day full of opportunities and experiences uh, that you've never had. And if it is nighttime where you are, like it is here in Columbia, Missouri, and I'm sure it's obviously nighttime where you are in yep. Oklahoma, um, have an awesome rest of the night, sleep well, and prepare for uh, an epic tomorrow. Yeah. And have a great weekend. If you guys don't hear from us again, it's Labor Day weekend, so be safe out there. Don't drink and drive. No, don't do anything stupid. So, yeah, just have fun. Be safe. And we will catch you guys later. Awesome. Peace out. See you around, Tanner. Later.